Guys, we are so excited. It is February, if you can believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe, like, where did January go? What happened? We're in February, and that means we are in a brand new start of a series today called Love Jesus. Love Jesus. And if you're taking notes this morning, our our sermon title for the message today is God Goes First. God goes first. So one of the things that I've learned since joining Life Center is that one of our passions here as a church is that we want to build resilient disciples. Disciples that have a firm foundation on the cross and on God's word. So that no matter what comes, whether it's minus 40 weather and and snow or apparently rain, no matter what comes in our lives, that we will be able to stand fast. And as Lindsay challenged us just a couple weeks ago, stand firm on Jesus, that nothing would be able to shake us. And for some of us in this room, you know exactly the type of things that are able to shake us because life can get difficult. The weather is just such a small thing. It's a fun thing to talk about, but there are things that can take place in our lives that can really try to blow us over. There are things in our lives that can really try to shake the ground that we stand on. There are things in our lives that can come out of nowhere and make us wonder, where is God? Why am I alone? And is this worth it? And so one of our passions here at Life Center is that we would build resiliency in your life. Because if that hasn't happened to you yet, it will. One thing that our God promised us is that on this earth, in this life, that we would have trouble. See, a lot of people, when they they come to Christianity or where uh, they think of the church, they think that Christians are just people that are trying to run from their problems. But the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he he didn't water his gospel down. Amen? He was so honest. He said, listen, I didn't come to just bring peace but a sword. There will be division as you follow me. You will have to leave behind your father and your mother and your sons. If you really want to follow me, then God has to go first. Then God has to go first. Because he promised us that in this life, there will be trouble. We are on the move. We are in practice mode. We talked about that last week. When game day comes, when the wind comes, when when the earth begins to shake, that we are ready and resilient in our faith. Because closeness with Christ and closeness with Jesus, I believe this morning, starts from a single yet important shift in our perspective. Someone in this relationship has to go first. And so this morning, for a lot of you, 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 you may have gotten to know me a little bit, but I'm going to open my life for you a little bit this morning and kind of dig in to the love story that God led me on. Uh, this past December, my wife and I celebrated 15 years of marriage. Whoa, whoa. And thank you for those who are like, 15 years? Like, did you get married at 12? I appreciate those thoughts and that encouragement. And so I actually ended up getting saved at about 18 years old. God stepped into my life, radically transformed me, and then told me that I was going to have to be like my dad and be a pastor, which I had told God for years I would never do. Tip for those of you who are new in faith, don't tell God what you won't do. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because he just, he just smiles, right? And he says, okay. 
Okay, we'll remember that. And so I told God I would never be a pastor. Literally two months into rededicating my life to God and starting this journey with God, I had an outer body experience where I went downstairs, told my dad, Dad, I think I need to go to Bible college. And he looked me straight in the eyes and said, you sure? I said, yeah, I'm sure. And I went back up to my room and then got sucked back into my body and said, what did I just do? Because my dad grabbed the phone from the wall and called the Bible college. Three days later, I was doing a tour in Toronto. Two months after that, I showed up for my first day of Bible college. And I remember for the first two months of school, feeling like I didn't belong, I didn't fit in. It was about October of the school year where I finally had settled in my heart. This is where God has called me. This is what I'm supposed to do. That Wednesday in chapel... As we were singing praises to God, I, I, I heard some, some disturbance at the door and I turned to look and someone turned on the giant industrial fan because in walked this golden beauty. And as she walked through the door, crazy late for chapel, as she walked through the door, her hair was just billowing, the golden locks from her hair. And, and, and uh, my breath was already caught because of God, but I almost passed out. I said, God, you can't do this to me. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I said, I have to get to know her. Who is this girl two months into school? And so after chapel, we go back to our class, and I walk into my classroom, and uh, much to my surprise, uh, uh, this girl who had taken my breath away named Cassie, shocker, I know, uh, yeah, yeah, right? Thank you, thank you. Cassie was there in my classroom. She had been in my classroom for two months. Now, now, not the brightest bulb, right? Just, just, you know, struggling. And so, yeah, I remember just like, wow, this is incredible. She's in my class. I'm never going to tell her that I didn't know this before. And I found out that she worked in the library, that she had taken up a position in the library in church. Let me tell you, I checked out more books in the next three weeks than I ever could have possibly read. I'd be in there, check them out one day, two days later, bring them back. She was looking at me like, are you kidding me? Like, just take get new books out. And I remember one day I was sitting at the little table and uh, they had these things, young people and a youth in the room, they had these things. Uh, it was like just, just like these big pieces of paper that they stuffed together, black and white letters, right? It was crazy time. It was called a newspaper. And I remember sitting at the table and I was flipping through the newspaper and I called Cassie over and I said, hey, um, there's this really cool movie that's coming out. See, it's right here in the newspaper. Uh, uh, would you want to go to see this movie with me? And I just want to thank God for the movie Happy Feet. It's uh, this incredible love story of this penguin who he doesn't know how to sing, but he can really dance. And uh, it started me on this now 15 years of marriage journey, and I just appreciate that. So, right, right. What a love story. What a love story. What a romantic. And so that was our, our, my, my initiation. But the, thing, the same thing with Christ is that in this relationship, someone has to start it. I remember seeing Cassie that morning and saying, I need to get to know her. I remember digging into just who knows this girl. Oh, she works in the library. I'm going to be there. I'd never showed my face in the library up until that point, but I had to be there, not just for my education, which was also radically saved, uh, but also because I needed to get to know this girl. Someone has to initiate if there's going to be a significant shift in the relationship. And church, let me remind you that in Christianity, God always goes first. Hallelujah. 
God always goes first. 1 John 3.16 says this, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. That we ought to lay down our lives for, our, for the brothers and sisters. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loves us. Hallelujah. Let's pray this morning. God, we welcome you once again into this place, not because you aren't already here, but God, because we want to open our hearts to whatever it is that you want to speak this morning, whatever it is that you want to share this morning. Lord, we are steadily involved in the most beautiful love story ever told. As you sent your son to die for us, so this morning, God, let our perspective be shifted for those of us uh, uh, who, who have maybe grown up in a wrong and, and a misunderstanding or, or, or maybe it had just been uh, wrongfully taught or, or whatever it is, God, change our hearts this morning. Let us remember, God, that you go first. And for those of us who have already entered into this new understanding and fresh perspectives, God, take us deeper this morning into your love that our world would be changed. Because that's why you're here this morning. Not just for us, but that so we could understand you more for a world that doesn't know you yet. And that's our heart, Lord Jesus, that all would know you. And so we ask this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. So what is the shift that has to take place this morning? The shift is taking the weight off of us and putting it where God wants to be put on him. Amen? He has told us in his scripture that his burden is light, it is easy, that, that he wants us to cast our cares upon him, that when we go and, and posture ourselves to pray, remember, you aren't initiating prayer. You're joining God where he already is. That's huge. You aren't initiating prayer, but you're joining God where he is already present, where he is already listening, and where he is already constantly speaking. Prayer is not something that we initiate. Prayer is something we respond to. It's a drawing of God that says, hey, come and meet me here. When we put aside time in our day to pray, it's not out of obligation. It's out of a recognition that God is already there and I don't want to miss him. When we start to read the word, <clears throat> remember that you aren't the one that initiated this because the word is already reading you. My Bible tells me that the word of God is Jesus, alive and well through scripture. That as we dive into different passages, God has already prepared for us in that passage something new, something fresh that he wants us to grab a hold of. A change of perspective, a new understanding. We don't start to read the word. God is already reading us. And when we exercise and take a step of faith, remember that it's not us stepping into the unknown, but it's us responding to the Holy Spirit and the place that he's already prepared for us. God always goes first. God always goes first. When it comes to Jesus, there is never a time, there is never a time where it's all up to you. Acts 17, 26 to 28 says this, he made from one man in every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each of us. Hallelujah. 
For in him we live and move and have our being. For in him we live and move and have our being. There was a study that was performed uh, just recently where they, they took a group of people between the ages of 18 and 29 years of, uh, years of age, and they began to examine the areas of their faith where they uh, began to, to label crushers, areas where things happened, stuff stepped in, and, and, and these, these, these circumstances arose where, where students and young people uh, found kind of this, this disconnect between faith and the reality, a faulty space of belief uh, towards following Jesus. And, and what they found was that almost entirely these crushers reflected on their own ability. It was weight that they had put on their, old, on their own shoulders. Said plainly and clearly, these crushers were times in the relationship with Jesus where they went first instead of God. See, contrary to Scripture, if this is something we come to believe, there are four ways that, that this type of belief, the idea that we are to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders, that can begin to erode our resiliency. Number one, if we believe that we go first, then Jesus no longer impacts our everyday life. If we wake up in the morning and decide, today I will conquer this day, we immediately from the outset remove Jesus' impact from what it is that he has planned. Number two, Jesus no longer shapes our whole life. As we begin to establish our own dreams, as we begin to establish our own wants and our own desires for the day, we can begin to eliminate God's ability to speak in. We search for deep joy and satisfaction somewhere else or within someone else. And the fourth way that this understanding, this, this, this misconception uh, can erode our resiliency is that Jesus merely becomes a way, not the way, to experience fulfillment in life. How many of you know this morning that God doesn't want to just be a part of your day? He wants to be the reason. He doesn't want to just be a part of your day. He wants to be the reason. We're going to go before the, the end of this service to the table of communion. And, and it's just such a brilliant reminder of the impact that God wants to have on our everyday. There is not a moment, not a second, that God doesn't want to speak with you. There is not a moment, not a second, that God doesn't want to engage with you. He wants to be a part of your everyday. In this relationship, he is and always will be the initiator. So where does this begin? Where, where, where do we begin to, to trip up on this? Well, it begins with the false belief that our faith rests on us and not Christ in us. It begins with the false belief that our faith rests on us and not Christ in us. Let, let's just use this water bottle today as an example. I don't know if you've ever done this challenge in youth ministry or, or just at home with your kids where you begin to try to show them how strong you are and you take something like a water bottle, very light, look at me, right, up, over, right? Are you impressed? Are you impressed? Right? But what if I gave myself the challenge to hold this water bottle out for as long as I possibly could? A couple seconds, no problem. After 15 minutes, this water bottle starts to get heavy. After an hour... My boys start to look at me and say, mm, not the guy I thought you were. After three hours, this becomes the weight of a cinder block in your arm. See, it's not about how much or how heavy the weight is. 
but for how long we try to hold it. It's not about how much or how heavy the weight is, but about for how long we try to hold it. If we believe that we go ahead of God, then, then we immediately take on the responsibility of holding all of these cares and all these concerns. But this is not what God wants you to do. God wants us to cast these things upon him. There's a difference in, uh, just in two people, for example, if, uh, that are both exercising uh, spiritual beliefs and spiritual disciplines, like reading the Bible and prayer. In, in one person, they believe that Jesus always comes first. Whatever they do, they trust that God is actively at work within them and in each and every moment. That there isn't a single thing that they've stepped into that God hasn't already prepared for them. The other believes that they are carrying the weight of everything in their relationship with God. Every door that they run into, every time they hit their hand, it must have been because they did something wrong. Just last night, this happened to me. So, believers today, friends, I want to encourage you that this is a mindset that some of us have to actively work against. For some of you today, this perspective in this message is going to drastically change how it is that you see Jesus because you haven't been so settled into this, but I was raised with the understanding that I was extremely, extremely uh, responsible for how strong my relationship with God was. And so anytime I would fall down the stairs, anytime I would run into a wall, even yesterday as I was picking my son's equipment out of the trunk and I smashed my hand in the freezing weather against the door, I had this thought, like, did I deserve that? Is there something in my life that I haven't repented for? And, and, and this wasn't just an accident, but it was God. Can I let you know that sometimes things just happen? Sometimes you're not as coordinated as you thought you did. Like, God didn't move the wall. It's always been there, right? And you just need to take a harder look. Like, it's not a spiritual situation that just took place. But this is so important because the weight of believing that we hold uh, all of these things in our hands, the weight of, of trying to hold the water bottle, of trying to hold this relationship with God on your own can become so heavy, that eventually we look at it and say, God, it's just not worth it. I can't do it anymore. Because I'm not God. The beautiful thing about Jesus is that he never asked you to do that. See, at times and, and in moments, all of these things, they, they can look the same. But when those storms come, when those earthquakes come, if we are carrying the, 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 the going first in our relationship with God on our own shoulders, we can eventually come to the point where we just can't do Christianity. But Christianity isn't something that we do. Christianity is something that Christ did for you. Christianity isn't something that we do. Christianity is something that Christ did for you. We trust in the finished work of Christ as he works in the unfinished work of our hearts. God went and always goes first. See, even in this, in Romans 5, 8, it says that God showed his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. This is such a beautiful and amazing scripture that reminds us, that each and every one of us that have made God our, our, our king, that have accepted him into our lives, that have maybe said that sinner's prayer, remember, it wasn't you initiating that. You didn't choose God. God chose you. Wow. 
Isn't that amazing? Think about those friends and, and, and people in your life that you know that, that aren't living a Christian lifestyle, that haven't accepted Jesus yet. He has already chosen them. He's just waiting for them to respond to him. It's not about them making the choice to see God. It's about their heart and their soul. It's about the spirit inside of them lighting up in response to what he's already doing. The option for them to come to Christ, the option for each and every one of us to come to Christ is right there. It's finished. He said it on the cross. The veil was torn. The spirit was released. We just have to respond to his call. God always goes first. When the weight of following Jesus uh, uh, comes on our own shoulders, we begin to live from a place of should. I should pray. I should forgive. I should read my Bible. Again, all of this may sound like obedience, but it, I want to change the language of what we're using this morning. It's not a should, but a can. Because of Jesus, because he always goes first, I can pray today. Because of Jesus and what he did on the cross, because of what he's already done in my life, I can forgive. Not I should, I can. And even when it's hard and even when I don't feel like it, it's not that I should read my Bible, but because of the Holy Spirit and his work in the disciples, because of the Holy Spirit and his work in those members of the Old Testament, I can read my Bible. It is a gift. It's an honor. Because Jesus did, I can. Instead of I should. I can. It may sound like such a small difference, but I challenge you, each and every one of you, begin to put power in the words that we use. There is something so beautiful in, in, in the English language, as, as confusing and as wild as it is, right? And all of us who are not English first speakers said amen. Like, it is a weird language. We make up things all the time. But there is power in the things that we say. Amen? Amen? Come on. Let it be so. That's what that word means. It's not just a response that we get to encourage me to, to, to dig a little more this morning. No, it's saying, yes, God. And when we say, yes, God, there is power in that. Why? Because my Bible tells me that the very breath that you breathe, God went first. Why is there power in word? In different scriptures, it tells us that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. Why? Because that very breath that we breathe, what God has given us, it is then our responsibility to be mindful of how we release it. Come on. Why is there life, a power of life and death in the tongue? Because God has given us our breath. And as we speak that out over each other and over ourselves, there is power in what is being released. The Holy Spirit is active in our lives. For some of us that function on, on a more intellectual and, and rational understanding, this deep spiritual meaning behind uh, what it is that I just said has to dig into our lives. When we speak out to those who God has created, remember that his power flows in us. It may not seem like a significant shift, but again, the weight doesn't matter. But it matters how long you hold it. Now, we're not trying this morning to just remove obedience or surrender or repentance. Instead, we want all things to matter. We don't do any of these things alone. In Christ, we exercise our faith. 
Watch how Isaiah speaks this in Isaiah 53, 4-6. Just pay attention to the difference of the he-our pattern of, of his prophetic announcement. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for iniquities. Upon him the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. And we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53, 4-6. If the enemy can bring deception where we begin to believe that it all rests on us instead of the joy of the Lord being our strength, then even following Jesus can drain our energy and our strength. There are two tracks to following Jesus. There is being and doing. And following Jesus, there's a necessary effort, but there's never room for earning. Friends and family, you cannot earn more of God's love today. Where you are positioned is fully and completely loved by God. Come on. Where you are positioned is fully and completely loved by God. Oh, but Pastor Mitch, you don't know the week I have. I do. I know. You're right. But God was there the whole time, and his love for you never changed. God was there the whole time, and his love. But Pastor Mitch, I just, I don't feel like God is close. I understand that, but you can't always trust your feelings. We go to the word instead of our feelings. He says that he has never left us. So even as the waves came, even as the wind blew, even as that feeling of being on top of the mountain may have left you, your God has never changed. He is the same. He was the same. And tomorrow, he's going to be there again because he always goes first. So let's abide in that truth this morning. John 6, says this, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Hallelujah. God goes first. Today, let's just ask God for that break in this understanding and false belief that faith has something to do with me when faith is all about me following Jesus. To follow anyone means one thing, that they go first in front to lead the way. This week, when we exercise any spiritual discipline, remember, we're not starting something. We're simply responding and entering something with someone. I'll read that again. Remember that we are not starting something this week. Prayer, reading your Bible, responding to his initiation. We're not starting that. We're simply entering into that moment. We're entering into that something with someone who's already there, calling to you, speaking life over you. Wanting to dig in as the enemy is just speaking all this sourness. God says, listen to me instead. Come to where I am. Leave that behind. The Holy Spirit is always there. Every time you feel like it's all on you, remember this illustration today. Remember to put down the water bottle. And instead, as you release that weight, raise your arms to God. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest from spiritual disciplines? No. Rest from repentance? No. Rest from following? No. But rest from believing that faith is all about you. 
Rest from a world where it's all about performance, about being good enough. Rest from a false identity where everything rises and falls on you. Life Center Canada, let's rest this morning in the finished work of Jesus and the unfinished work of you being more like Jesus today.